When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Fans, this is Rams Up, your favorite LA Rams podcast. We are proud members of the Fans First Sports Network. That's fansfirstsports.com. You can also follow us on YouTube. Our channel is at LA Rams Up. I'm your host, Mark. You'll hear from my co-host Tom on occasion as well. Hey, we're not Rams insiders. We're just longtime fans who love talking about our Los Angeles Rams. Let's get to it. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 375 of Rams Up. These are the doldrums of the NFL season, unfortunately. But we still have some things to talk about. Continuing my high pass through Rams position groups as we get closer to free agency. Going to talk about inside linebackers this time. And I'm also going to use these slow days to to share an L.A. roundabout segment, talk about some of the other franchises and universities in SoCal, get caught up with them. You know, when I talk about uniform numbers that align with episode numbers, I'd like to talk about guys that maybe we've forgotten about, go back in memory lane and celebrate a player that probably didn't get the recognition they deserved when they were playing. But Episode 375, come on, I gotta talk about Deacon Jones. Episode 374, Merlin Olson. Episode 375, his partner, David Deacon Jones. Two-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Five-time first-team All-Pro. Three-time second-team All-Pro. 1960s All-Decade Team. And a member of the NFL 100th All-NFL Team. And, of course, in the Hall of Fame. And during last summer's countdown I did of the top 50 rims of all time, he came in at number two. And I know we can argue this all day long, top four or five rams. It's a great discussion, but that's where I had Jones ending up. Such an iconic player as a member of the fearsome foursome, pretty much revolutionized the position, used that head slap, and coined the phrase, sacking the quarterback. What's even more amazing is in 1961, he was selected in the 14th round. Now, now there weren't as many picks per round back then, so he was still the 186th pick overall. But man, talk about value. And I had mentioned uh, a while back that perhaps the greatest Rams draft pick ever was the 1972 
14th round pick, pick number 355 overall, Larry Brooks. Turned out to be a great player as well. Not as great as Deacon Jones, but Jones, the 186th pick, and one of the greatest players in the history of the National Football League. And you know, the Rams have a few recent guys that are going to be in competition for the greatest draft pick ever. Hey, I know Aaron Donald and Todd Gurley were great picks, but you expect that type of production when you draft guys that high. 14th round picks, Deacon Jones and Larry Brooks. Man, shout out to the GMs back then. Now, sacks were not an official stat back then, but Pro Football Weekly went back and did an analysis, and they report he accumulated 173.5 sacks over his career. That would be third all time. And I do have a trivia question before we move on to our L.A. roundabout and our look at the Rams inside linebacker group. This is a little bit of a trick question. I'm not going to tell you this player's position because it'd probably give it away. But this guy played for the Ravens in 2018 and said if the Ravens didn't bring him back, he was going to retire. But he didn't. Signed with the Rams on March 8, 2019 and had a very good year for the Rams defense. Against the Bucks, he recorded a team-high 15 tackles and two passes defended. That was in that crappy 55-40 to 40 loss. Oh man, talk about bringing back bad memories. And he finished the season second on the team with 108 tackles. Who was this defensive player? And the NBA Celebrity All-Star Game was fun. Puka showing off his stuff. All I could think was, don't get yourself hurt. I don't even think these guys should be playing in these games. But he did look like he was pretty much taking it easy. It was a pretty low-key game. Had a couple of impressive dunks. Give him that. Go Puka. But I'd rather you set these games out. The NBA is on their all-star break. So I was thinking this is a perfect time to do an L.A. roundabout segment where we check in on all the other L.A. sports teams Rams share this landscape with a bunch of professional outfits and some pretty high-profile college teams, so let's check in on them. Most importantly, the Lakers and the Clippers. We'll save that for last, though. The Kings and Ducks. Man, sometimes I just completely forget that the NHL even exists. Bad on me. I used to really be into it back in the day. All in on the Rams, though. But the Kings are having a decent season. 25 wins, 16 losses, and 6 ties, 60 points, 4th place in the Pacific. Ducks, 2nd to last in the same division with 40 points. It seems like forever since the Ducks have been good. So Kings will be a playoff team, see if they can make a run. You never know in hockey, just gotta get into the dance, get into the playoffs, get a couple of goal scorers hot, a hot goalie, and you just never know. Not gonna talk about the Dodgers and Angels. The Chargers, a lot going on. Of course, they hired Jim Harbaugh. He's thrown out his coaching staff, a couple of good hires. Well, Navarro Bowman, the linebackers coach, I assume that's a good hire. He was a great player with the 49ers. Mark Tressman has been hired as their senior offensive assistant. Chargers have some challenges roster-wise, though. They have 25 unrestricted free agents, including Austin Eckler. I doubt he'll come back. Gerald Everett. Josh Kelly, the running back out of Lancaster and UCLA. Cameron Dicker, forgot about him. Could he be the answer to the Rams' issues at place kicker? I'd be okay with that. 
we let him get away. Of course, we had Matt Gay at the time. Not a lot of name players after that, but the Chargers are $44 million over the cap. I wonder if Harbaugh knew that when he took this job. And how are they $44 million over the cap? Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams all have cap hits north of $30 million apiece. That's why. Not sure how they're going to wiggle out of that. We've talked about Khalil Mack possibly getting cut, waived, traded, whatever. Maybe one of these other guys as well. They have a lot invested in the top of their roster. Let's talk a little college basketball. UCLA Bruins, I was counting them out. Should have known better. Don't count out coach Mick Cronin. He is such a great coach. Bruins ran off six straight wins to get to 14 and 11, third place in the Pac-12 suddenly. Now, right now, they're outside looking in as far as the NCAA tournament goes. They have not beaten a top 25 team, but they still have Arizona at home on their schedule, plus the Pac-12 tourney, March 13th through 16th in Las Vegas. So 14 and 11, 9 and 5 in league. The down year for the Pac-12, hey, they could go on a run in the Pac-12 tourney and sneak into the tournament. That would be fun. As I've probably mentioned, they are my number two team in the sports world. Early on, it looked like the University of Arizona was going to thrash everyone in the country. They've slid to number five in the rankings at 19 and 5. USC, not much going on there. Out of the picture this go around. Worth noting, UCLA has hired Deshaun Foster as the new head coach of the football program there, replacing Chip Kelly. Foster has been an assistant there for a while under Kelly. He was a great running back for the Bruins back in the day. UCLA Nation seems to be pretty excited about this hire. Hopefully he can get that program on track. Chip Kelly, kind of a disappointing tenure there. Bruins are good, competitive, but not what we expected when they hired Chip Kelly. Now let's talk Clippers. I queried my special assistant who knows everything, especially about the NBA, but prefers to remain anonymous. And he sent me some notes As for the Clippers, he did not expect this team to look as good as they do. James Harden and Russell Westbrook have found their roles in this team. Harden looks great, by the way. And the way Leonard is playing back to his old self, they actually have a legitimate shot to win the title this year. Third place in the Western Conference at the moment. And Norman Powell, remember him? Man, that guy's been around forever. Came out of UCLA and San Diego has to be a candidate for sixth man of the year. And according to my special assistant, he's going to come out and say it. Paul George might be the most underrated player in the history of the NBA. Does not get the love he deserves. This is a really good roster. Three stars and Norman Powell, a lot of role players. Now, one of the reasons George doesn't get a lot of love is the same reason the Clippers don't. George has not performed well in the playoffs, but he's due... And maybe the Clippers are due as well, but the elephant in the room, this team seems to be cursed. The injury bug always hits them right about when the playoffs start or after the playoffs have started and the ship sinks. But we're pulling for the Clippers. They deserve it. All these years in the Lakers' shadow, I would love to see them win a title, actually. Now, as for the Lakers, my special assistant points out that everybody, every Laker fan, 
owes D'Angelo Russell a giant apology. Man, he was getting hammered last year. And at the beginning of this year, everybody wanted him gone, it seems. But Russell is having a phenomenal year. And then the Lakers go on a 6-1 and one run right before the All-Star break. They seem to have found their groove in Anthony Davis playing like Defensive Player of the Year. And Coach Darvin Ham messed around with a lot of lineups early. Seems to have figured it out. Only took him half a season, but one of the moves that has really paid off is removing Tarion Prince from the starting lineup. But the Lakers have to keep their foot on the gas. They have to avoid that play-in game. Ninth place right now, so they're right on the cusp. And they need Gabe Vincent and Jared Vanderbilt to get back soon. Those guys will add a spark to this team. Oh, and I almost forgot Big West men's basketball. It looks like it's UC Irvine's year. The Anteaters in first place. Of course, they're going to have to win that conference tournament. Look like a pretty solid team, though. That's my LA roundabout checking in on a bunch of the other teams in SoCal. We do that once in a while, and now is the perfect time of year to do it. Continuing our tour through Rams position groups, going to touch on one that's not going to really get us spun up very much. Rams don't pay a lot of attention to the linebacker position as we've seen over the last few years. Other than drafting Ernest Jones in 2021 in the third round, Rams seem to be content to draft linebackers really late or just grab street-free agents. And they've done pretty well with that approach. I give you Troy Reader, Christian Roseboom, and a handful of others. Let's look at their history since 2011 as far as drafting linebackers. They did not draft a linebacker in 2011. And remember, I'm talking inside linebackers. I'll mention some outside linebackers, edge rushers here just for completeness. But none in 2011. In 2012, Aaron Brown was selected in the seventh round. In 2013, first-round pick Alec Ogletree. That was a solid selection. He was a good linebacker. Maybe not a game-changing linebacker, but he was pretty solid. In 2014, no inside linebackers selected. In 2015, seventh-round selection Bryce Hager. He had a couple of moments. 2016, no inside linebackers. 2017, Samson Ebukam was listed as a linebacker. He's more of an outside linebacker edge player. In 2018, in the fifth round, they selected Micah Kaiser. He was okay, moved on after a couple of seasons. In 2018, Obko Okoronko, much like Ebukam, outside guy. In 2018, in 2018, two seventh round linebackers, Trevin Howard, Justin Lawler, but I wouldn't call it either of them, traditional inside linebackers. In 2019, Dakota Allen in the seventh round, and in 2020, Clay Johnston in the seventh round, and then in 2021, Ernest Jones in the third round. 2022 and 2023, no inside linebackers selected. So clearly not a lot of emphasis on this position. You had Ogletree in the first round, Ernest Jones in the third round, Micah Kaiser in the fifth, the rest of these guys, seventh round picks. On their current roster, Ernest Jones, Jake Hummel, Ola Kunli, Fatukasi, for those of you who don't know about him, 
He's 6'2", 240 pounds out of Rutgers, and he could make this roster in 2024. Christian Roseboom is a restricted free agent. He will in all likelihood be brought back. That would make sense. Troy Reader, a free agent once again. Notable unrestricted free agents. There's a few. There's a lot of older linebackers, very experienced and productive over the course of their careers. Not sure if it's the right move. Guys like Levante David, Jordan Hicks, Denzel Perryman, Blake Martinez, Kwan Alexander, Bobby Wagner. Would that be an option? I'm not sure I'd be sold on that. Great player. Great player, just not sure if it's the right move. You know what might be a better move? You want to mess with a divisional rival, Jordan Brooks, a Seattle Seahawks unrestricted free agent. Now, the best unrestricted free agent inside linebacker is probably Patrick Queen, but he's going to be a little too pricey for the Rams, I think. Let's take a look at the draft prospects. The Rams are not going to spend a high draft pick on an inside linebacker, but the best of the group is Jeremiah Trotter out of Clemson. He'll probably go in the second round. Third, fourth round guys are Tommy Eichenberg out of Ohio State. Tyron Hopper out of Missouri, Curtis Jacobs out of Penn State, and then a little bit later, Cedric Gray. I mocked him to the Rams in one of our drafts. Jalen Ford out of Texas, Junior Colson out of Michigan, Edgerin Cooper out of Texas A&M. Cooper is one of the three Coopers I picked in one of my first mock drafts. Going all in on the Coopers, Cooper DeGene, Cooper BB, and Edgerin Cooper. And then there's Maurice Louis-Fa out of Notre Dame, Jalen Solomon out of Troy, and a guy I think would be a good fit for the Rams, Tyrese Knight out of UTEP. Talked about him a couple of episodes ago. And there's a bunch of other late-round prospects. Wouldn't be surprised if one of these later-round guys end up on the Rams. Tyrese Knight would be my choice. So what's my conclusion? Not a lot to talk about here, unfortunately. The Rams historically just haven't invested in this position, and I don't expect them to this year. I would not be surprised if they spent a late-round pick on an inside linebacker, though. Again, it depends on how many picks they end up with. 11-plus picks, yeah, probably hit this position. If they dump a few picks trying to move up in the draft or trading for a veteran player at one position or another on the last year of their contract, I think they'll pass on the inside linebacker group. But they're vulnerable here at this position group. If something happens to Ernest Jones, and yes, I'm knocking on wood, you can hear it, but trust me, I am. If he misses a game or two, you can't overstate how valuable he is to this team. Opposing offensive coordinators will take notice if there's no Ernest Jones out there. I'd like to see the Rams improve this group. Just not sure if it's going to happen. They're going to focus on offensive line, cornerback, some of the other skill positions, inside linebacker will be a bit of an afterthought, unfortunately. Their approach will probably be at a free agent, a late draft pick. I think that's the most we can expect from Les Snead and Sean McVay at the inside linebacker position. And the answer to my trivia question, it was Eric Weddle. I had almost forgotten he had signed with the Rams in 2019 retired, and then they brought him back for that Super Bowl run. 
that's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget about our YouTube channel. Our handle is at laramsup.com. Till next time, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there.